when people usually say that you know they're expanding globally it means one of the founders wants to go move to LA or somewhere <laughs> is, that, is that the case oh, unfortunately <laughs> I think we probably both want to but I don't know if I misses what that was were you a Love Island fan not me personally not that I'm going to admit to on the podcast <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's one of the few you know print media out there that's actually grown in a market that's relatively in decline I like our lots of, lots of comedy stuff so one of the I mean the brand deal that stands out for me is the Tekken button smashing video we did. He's hired help. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a placement student on cheap labour. <laughs> you said it, you said it, mate. It's a fantastic experience. I mean, what you find out is very quickly uh, how important marketing is. Welcome back to the Social Day podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking to who, Emily? So today, we're speaking to James Erskine from Rocket. And we're going to be talking about all things audio, so it's going to be a fascinating talk. This has got to be one of my favourite podcasts, actually. I could talk audio all day with James, as you probably can gather. Yeah, we, we just had an endless list of questions, but we, we managed to cover pretty much everything. And I'm sure if you have any questions, James would love for you to get in touch with him, or you can get in touch with us, and we can pass them on. But yeah, grab a cup of tea and enjoy this chat with James Erskine. <laughs> Today with James Erskine. James is the CEO of Rocket, a business helping brands to connect with the youth, children and families through content creation and marketing. Welcome to the podcast, James. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Really well. Yeah, so I'll just get, I'll just jump straight in. And I'll start with the, first, the, the question that's kind of um, the reason for this podcast today, which is over the last 18 months, in particular, marketers have been seeing more and more audio features and trends and a greater emphasis on audio content in general come to the forefront. I know it's something that we've definitely been keeping a close eye on at Social Day. So I just wanted to know, do you think it's been building up to this kind of explosion in audio for a while? And why do you think it's now that we're starting to see audio really come to the forefront? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Audio's become hot stuff again after after a little while of people not necessarily seeing it as uh, as a as a popular medium to use. There's a number of things that I think are driving it. So, remember, audio's never really gone away. The first thing to say is that radio reaches circa 90% of everybody in this country in a single week. So this this country the, in the UK, we consume a lot of audio. It's just how technology has sped up to help us better engage with the audio that's right for the audience. So with the proliferation of people wearing earbuds, the proliferation of smart speakers, everybody has new ways to get audio that they didn't previously have into their homes and into their ears. And then the other thing is, I think there's been something of a renaissance of podcasting as well. So I think that podcasting's had a number of different eras. I think the first era when it was first kind of pricking people's consciousness was when Ricky Gervais, when Stephen Fry had podcasts. The second renaissance was around big high quality dramas like Serial. And now I think we're in a space whereby you don't have to explain to your grandparents what a podcast is anymore. People are finally working it out that they can drive audio through to them. Now how the social channels have responded is the other bit of the pie. Some of them have responded by getting in on the audio action. Some of them have made themselves to uh, their own kind of podcast devices. So it's an interesting kind of three different things that has had to happen for us to get to this stage. 
So obviously you mentioned social audio features there and that's something that I'd really like to get more of your perspective on. What do you think of the options that are out there so far? So obviously Twitter's got spaces, Clubhouse, there was a big hype around that for a while and then all of the other platforms have kind of launched their own spin-offs if you like. But which one do you think kind of has the most potential and is standing out to you as the winner? It's a tough one, and you're quite right. Everybody seems to have come on board. Let's deal with Clubhouse first. It was the hottest thing in the world for, what, three weeks, something like that. Everybody wanted an invite. To be fair, I actually, I was on Clubhouse for a little while. I was one of the lucky few to get invited relatively early on, and I did enjoy the experience. It's a bit less like radio and a bit more like the people on LinkedIn that post every day. So it's kind of that. It's it's quite niche. It's not overly democratic. You have to be asked to have speakers, but it does have its uses. Uh, Twitter's spaces is probably the most similar to Clubhouse. I actually... I. Um, I'm a consumer of a news brand called Tortoise News, and they're really, really good. And they've made a great use of the Twitter spaces to have their own news conferences there to decide what would go into that day's edition of Tortoise. And I think that's a really good example of where the audio playing field can be flattened, if you like, and, and made more democratic. Facebook do have their audio rooms. Uh, Twitter have also just got super follows as well, which is worth pointing out because potentially you may want to give your audience some audio content. I think the ones that it would be foolish to bet against are Google and YouTube for a number of reasons. One, YouTube has something like 50 million subscribers already to its premium product and they haven't really got going yet. And the other thing to say is that Google Podcasts, you can now actually come up with podcasts in the search straight off of your Google search. So I think there will be interesting developments on all sides. But the other thing to note is that everybody's going in there to try and create some kind of audio product or at least an audio following. Yeah, we've definitely found, because we, we kind of played around with Clubhouse um, last year. Well, no, not last year, but it was the start of the year when it first came out. Um, and what we, what we struggled with was kind of transitioning that audience like all the way across to a completely new platform. So I feel like that's where the, the existing platforms have got that advantage. Do you think that'll be easier for brands to kind of, you know, transition their content and, and appeal to the audience that's already there? Definitely. And I, I think the other thing that is probably worth saying it sounds quite trivial but the clubhouse feature that was both its worst and its best meant you were automatically put in rooms with people that were in your contacts now if that's us and we want to bump into each other that's fine but if it's somebody who i worked with a million years ago and, and please and they're pleased that they've seen the back of me it's not the best to be trapped in an audio room your point about transitioning audiences is a really good one it will work best when it feels naturally part of the experience that people are already going Going through just look at all the successful ad formats the most successful ad formats are the ones that are most native to the platforms and i think that's true of the audio apps as well and the audio opportunities yeah i think it gives you a really good way to connect with your community as well doesn't it if your community is already there i mean it's, you know it is it is so hard getting people to migrate from one one place to another um it's, it's, it's been proven even just with with you know, video content and all sorts of other other content. But what, what I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously, two, there's two things there. So you mentioned Google. And I think we always think with Google, you need to be on it because they are the masters of um, the internet. But then I think back to, obviously, you know, they failed with their own social network in spectacular fashion. So 
I kind of guess what do they need to do to actually succeed this time and add value to the party, I guess. I think adding value to the party is exactly the right turn and phrase. I look at any venture within the social media world as, and I, I normally judge it by three C's, content, commerce and culture. So first one on the content, what could Google do? Well, could, Google could allow people to create audio as a search function very, very quickly and very, very easily. And that would enhance their existing content. YouTube, by the way, just on that content point, is already the second biggest aggregator of podcasts. Yes, people go and push play and they listen as well as watch, which is always a mind-blowing stat. On the culture thing, I think what Google and YouTube could do is make audio more endemic of the existing customer and consumer journeys. So why am I just pulling visuals and and uh, and text why aren't i pulling audio towards me and that is starting to happen and then on the commerce front it stands to reason they've got google podcasts already they are looking at pre-roll ads and are looking at audio ads to generate revenue for them so i think that piece is coming as well but but you're right to say that they're a sleeping giant not necessarily a loud giant at the moment yeah, I mean, I, I was also thinking, I mean, I noticed, I haven't tested it by any means, but um, obviously Spotify's Green Room has come to the fore. And, you know, I can see that's probably my preferred method of consuming podcasts. I, I like using Spotify. And I was thinking that, you know, especially from a social commerce perspective, I mean, if Amazon ever gets in the game, you know, through Audible or something like that, I mean, wow, I mean... Well, two things on what you've said, Stuart. First of all, the Spotify point is a really, really good one because if you look at the bare bones of their commercial model, they have to make podcasting work. The issue is the amount of revenue they generate from music is huge, but then the amount of revenue that goes straight back out to the artists is almost as huge. So the margin on that music side of the business is not that great. So their key belief has to be in podcasts, which is why they've been buying up podcast companies for about the last 18 months. And what they are staking a play on is the fact that they're going to generate some original content and some exclusive content and some content as well that they're going to act as an aggregator for and that they can both drive enough consumers to that space to give that kind of twin engine effect, the twin engine being of advertising revenue and of consumer subscriptions. And yes, yeah, Spotify, I think, are in this for the long longer. Because they've just launched a fairly good platform for audio adverts, haven't they, for, for people as well? That's right. And it's a self-service platform as well. So you can log on and you can upload and you can be around different niches. Yes, that's absolutely correct. So they're starting to become the, uh, yeah, the, the audio giant they should be. Just on your point of Audible, Stuart, it's another really good one. Uh, at risk of um, asking you to hang your head in shame, but if you're not an Audible customer, you won't know. They would very much count themselves as in this game. They've got exclusive podcasts. They've got a Dermot O'Leary podcast that is only for Audible listeners. They're spending money on content, and they've already got that audio book piece as well, which actually is about the third highest thing people do in digital audio anyway. So, yeah, they are there. But you're right, it hasn't pricked the mainstream consciousness. Do you think they launch a function at some point comparable to the Green Room facility? It's, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because you're right, at the minute they've gone very professional. The other thing about this audio is how it's 
currently progressing on two fronts. There's the uber professional content and there's the kind of bedroom style amateur content, the sort of stuff that actually when YouTube creators were first starting, it's almost comparable to that. I think, I mean, in terms of the work that Amazon do already, every time you go to buy a book and there's the audio book version available for sale, they're offering that as an option. But you're right, I do think it's something that they will progress and maybe bring something to allow content creators to create. You know, um, you were saying there's obviously those two different types. There's there's quite professional, you know, like a high level con- audio content, and then you've got the more like bedroomy, uh, casual stuff. I know you work a lot with like uh, young people and brands trying to target young people. Do you think that there's like a demand from young people for both, or do you think? Because obviously, I've read a lot about um, Gen Z and like young people kind of wanting that more real, uh, like less less hyper finished content. Oh. And and I think that's absolutely it. And I'll I'll bring YouTube and, and Instagram down. YouTube is kind of for the longer form, if you like, do-it-yourself style content. Although, of course, many creators would say, you know, I've got the most expensive camera, I've got the most expensive stuff. There's absolutely room for really high production value stuff. So there's a big podcast creator in the States called Wondery that are just coming up here. They've got very well-produced dramas, true crime stuff. They've got a, a show called UK Scandal, which is with um, Matt Ford and Alice Levine. So kind of big names of podcasting. Similarly, online, there's a hip hop podcast called The Sessions. There is a study tuber podcast to allow people to better study. So yeah, I definitely think that there are niches for all sorts. I think just an, and I may be slightly preempting something that you'll say further along. That bedroom ethic and bedroom do-it-yourself ethos probably shouldn't be encompassed by brands that are looking to get into this space. Because the one thing I will say is lots of people create a podcast. It's three people talking in a room. It doesn't get any more than about a thousand listens in total. And then the marketing person can say, no, podcasting didn't work. That's not necessarily how it works. And, and it's about finding the right niche for each individual piece of audio content. I was going to say, I still think that as well, with a brand, I mean, you've still got to produce the best quality that you can, haven't you? You know, I, I, although the, 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 the barriers to access are very low, I, I think if you are a, are, are a brand, you need to be spending a bit of money on quality. Or, or don't at all, Stuart. Just stay out of it. It's, if it's not, I completely agree with you. Have an understanding of what you're trying to achieve as a brand. So we've taken on a couple of briefs this year that ostensibly were for podcast creation. And we said, don't do it. We had one for a, a parenting portal we work with called Giggly, and they wanted to create a parent's podcast. And we said, OK, we saw their budget. And we thought, you're never going to get cut through. Work with the existing parenting podcasts and communicate your messaging that way. We had another one where the latest release for Hugh Fernley Whittingstall's book. And we were going to be tasked with creating some kind of audio for him. And our thing was, well, if you're trying to sell copies of the book, then you don't want to be driving audience to his own podcast. Let's get him where it's closer to that direct return on investment. And I think that's the thing to note across all of this is don't see audio or particularly production of audio as the be all and end all. See it as a channel, as you would, it can get PR metrics, it can get direct response metrics, it can get engagement metrics, but it's just what you're looking at as a as a success or, or indicators of success. It should be firmly entrenched in your mind. 
So are there any brands that like spring to mind that have mastered audio and even, whether it's in terms of podcasts or just in their in their social media content? So I have a few favorites. Uh, there is a brand in the States that have created a three minute long podcast. And it is a children's story podcast by a toothpaste brand. And the reason why it lasts three minutes is that is the amount of time you're meant to brush your teeth for in the morning. So kids get into the bathroom, they hit it on their iPod or whatever device they've got, and they can listen in that way. And that is a real favourite of mine. There are other examples out there. Um, Again, working with HarperCollins, there's a book called The Mixer. Um, they created a branded episode of the Football Today podcast that was specifically about that book. We've also placed author interviews across others. And then there is one other example that I really, really love in terms of digital audio and, and kind of as a way of progressing beyond podcasts. And there are a few really good branded podcasts. Just one, there's a, there's a law firm that's created a podcast firmly aimed around the cases that this law firm has worked on. And it's aimed at late 20s women. It's thinking being that when you get to your late 20s, it's the first time you're likely to want to engage some kind of legal professional. So they've made a true crime series specifically for that target audience, which I think is really shrewd and really clever but then I'm just a sucker for the smart speaker stuff so my kids love the Harry Potter game on the on the Alexa uh, we also ask Alexa to fart for us occasionally which is audio at its highest standards so yeah I can't recommend that enough do you think the Amazon skills still have a place yeah, I like with lots of digital audio, it's about discoverability that's the real issue. So getting an Alexa skill onto your Alexa actually isn't as simple as it should be. And if it is simple, it's only my children that can master it when they're putting things on our shopping list that I don't know that they've bought. So, and, and that's a real world example. I definitely think we will see a stage where brands, one of the key things of the uh, of where we've been in lockdown is brands have been forced to be more useful to target audiences, I think. So we created a podcast with the London Dungeon that was kind of ghost stories to scare people. And that was the London Dungeon and creating content so that they'd be front of mind when lockdown ended. I do think Alexa skills will be really useful if they are useful. So Hellman's do a recipe one where you save four or five ingredients to your Alexa and that will give you a recipe for that night. So, yeah, I do think Alexa skills will definitely have a future. Do you think there'll become a time like quite because I feel like it's kind of happening already where there's like a limit to audio so in terms of like discoverability like you said and like searchability you, it, it's hard to to really find audio and discover new new audio in the same way that you can text wise do you think that like soon there'll be a limit as to how far audio can go because of that and we need to wait for kind of the discoverability aspect to catch up well I think and this is a fairly harsh view or a fairly sweeping statement the worst thing podcasts had going for it was the apple podcasts app because it wasn't intuitive it didn't work very well and probably at risk of guessing one of the reasons why Stuart you went to the way of spotify is frankly it works and and the apple one really doesn't now the apple podcast app has got better i use pocket cast other people use other apps but discoverability when you're trying to break through is really tough what's incredible now is the adverts that you hear before most podcasts 
of the, of the podcast. So they're creating this industry, which is crazy. That said, when you put the right content, the right spokespeople, not a brand we had anything to do with, but the lingerie brand Freya worked on a podcast stream called When Life Gives You Melons. And that content is so relevant to its bullseye target audience, it's developed that cut through and it's developed yeah, a, a, a platform for the brand's marketing architecture to stand on top of. And that's when it can be done really well and really right. I am actually a big fan of that podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we go. So just on that as well, I mean, there's one question that I really wanted to get your perspective on. Obviously, in terms of regulating audio, specifically with the social media um, audio features, it, that's going to be difficult. And obviously, it's already presenting issues. It hasn't got, like, obviously, with text-based filters and algorithms, we can kind of regulate text-based social media posts in that way. Do you have any thoughts on how the platforms could or will regulate audio and also how brands can be more safe in terms of their audio and regulate their own audio spaces and stuff like that? So let's answer the easy bits first. Where brands appear in the digital audio space is already quite well regulated because you've got big aggregators like DAX coming from Global, their digital audio exchange. You've got Acast, you've got Audio Boom, you've got Spotify. And all of those are working with podcasts that have been picked. You can sign up, but you have to be approved, even with the Apple Ads product as well, and the number of other networks. So you're not going to find Acast Spotify choosing too many controversial podcasts that are say you know that are that they're talking you know things like hate speech or anything like that that's one way the other thing to bear in mind that lots and lots of podcast content in the uk is radio on demand so it's taking that show at another time and that's all regulated by ofcom the stuff that you're left with is a fairly narrow band of quite niche and quite small podcasts some of it could be shocking I don't know how many brands are going to end up in that space. The other part of what I think your question was at, Emily, was around the audio parts of social networks. And I think they will do as good a job there as regulating everywhere else on their platforms, i.e. they haven't got enough people to do it. So, uh, so yeah, the regulation is a real big one. Now that I think these social media platforms are starting to say that they're not just platforms, they're content creators in their own right. They should be taking this regulation piece seriously. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, with the amount of um, hearings going on where networks are having to turn up now and justify various things, and it's, uh, I think it is a matter of time, isn't it, before they are viewed as a publisher, which is what they are. Definitely. And they should be right. So they, you know, the, there's things coming out on Instagram last week about the, the research that they've done into their own findings about the effect that they have. And I'm not a huge proponent of major, you know, regulation. And, and but all I would say is where they're asked to make it work, they make it work. Hate speech in Germany has been a huge problem. As a result, I think it's something like 50% of Facebook's people that are in quality control of the content are based in Germany because it's a bigger crime there. So when it can work, it, it does normally. I mean, I, th I think for, for me, the, the with the audio um, social, it's I'd love to be in a, in, in a position where actually, you know, 
some of the posts are actually being played to me in the car. I kind of guess we're still not quite there with video, but when, you know, if Google can get it right, you know, you, when you search for something, I can search for it via audio and I get just pure audio results back that are SEO optimized. Yeah. I mean, actually, Stuart, what you may have invented there is the best <laughs> yeah. skill of them all, which is if you say, if you say, Alexa, recommend me five podcasts, and it came back with five deep and podcast with five clips from five podcasts that would be a really really good shout to open people's eyes because i just don't think people know what's there i i remember talking about influencers where there was um there's a chucky egg egg steamer product in the states that helps you to get the perfect poached egg and there's a community based around that one kitchen utensil now i'm not suggesting i would tune in that kitchen utensil podcast but what i am saying is there is a niche and there is a podcast for everybody and and i really think that there's some great content out there that's that will prove useful and you know if anybody wants to fund my uh, new skill uh you know please get in touch at stuartavisomedia.com <laughs> quite right too i do think that there, that you know that is probably I, I think one of the the things that i'd love to see develop is you're almost helping to um, filter via audio rather because I think a lot of it is still it's all as, as Emily's um, mentioned it's all just based by text still isn't it you you put your text um, into the platform and then that's what's that, that's what's being trawled definitely I mean the podcast adverts are getting somewhere despite the fact that I take the mickey out of that being you know you create an entire million pound industry and then you create another million pound industry because nobody can find the the first million pound industry that's a kind of cynical view but the podcast pre-rolls that you get are often pretty good at bringing to life the sort of podcast content and things like that but you're right you still I mean I would recommend if people really want to have a deep dive I would a get a different podcast app other than Apple uh, my favorite is Pocket Casts Pocket Casts give me three or four different recommendations each week I don't say this is overly based on my listening but I think some of it is and that allows me to find more and more stuff to listen to so so yeah that that can be very very useful yeah go on, go check that one out so, James, if you had three top tips to give to brands on how they can make the most of audio, what would they be? Set your metrics first and don't waver from them. It, and almost one B is don't necessarily think production is the only answer in the audio space. It might be guest placement. It might, it might be advertising. It might be... It, it might be something else. So don't necessarily go production. So one, set your metrics. Two, think what job is my podcast doing? So if you are creating a podcast or if you're appearing on a podcast or if it's a 30-minute mixtape or if it's, a you know, anything, what job is it doing that the end audience will find useful? And then the third point is think beyond think future gazing and think evergreen content so weirdly we we've worked with a um, a brand called motorway.co.uk and they were looking at creating a podcast for car dealers and i said the worst thing you can possibly do is do a week in the news of car dealers because next week it'll be out of date. If you take it by subject matter, then it has the potential to last a lot longer. So yeah, set your metrics, know the job you're trying to do and think evergreen content. There we go. 
Yeah, that's really helpful. So, so you just said that it just actually triggered something for me there, James. And it's you just sort of you know mentioned about it doesn't have to be your own content. You can do adverts and things. You know, I think back. So actually, you know, we've what had a hundred and something years of radio. How do you think we've actually lost the ability to um, actually create content for audio, and we've come full circle now, or it's becoming back to you know probably Marconi's original vision? Wow, that is a huge statement, and you have been at Marconi's original vision. I would also bring to life Reithian uh, thinking. So Lord Reith, uh, one of the first director generals in the BBC, was about the BBC ethic of both informing and entertaining. You've seized upon a real bugbear of mine, and that is the lack of brilliant content on commercial radio in this country. Uh, you're right. I mean, I said radio reaches 90% of people in a week, and it does. But lots of that is through the heart mixtape that you probably don't know the DJ until he comes on and says, here's another great 10 songs in a row. I don't think we've lost the art of making good audio content. I think it's always been there. BBC Local, Radio 4, America's NPR service, serial, places like that. But I do think where perhaps we are is upon that great quality content being rediscovered by a different generation. So I don't think many people before Radio 1 started producing podcasts would think that Radio 1 offered an awful lot more beyond the latest hit music. But it does. There's documentaries on there. There's dramas on there. There's issues on there. And I think that kind of, as you said, Marconi's original intention or Lord Reith's original intention of entertaining and informing are very good watchwords for people that are in this space, both as consumers, users and uh, brands as well. Well, that seems like a great place to, to wind this up. I think me and Stuart could talk about this all day. I've like, got endless questions in my mind. But... I would be delighted to have any other geeky radio <laughs> audio podcast yeah. chats with anybody because I could talk about this subject all day too. So, yeah. No, it's, been, it's been really insightful and really useful. I hope that's been useful. I'm sorry you've got me on a day where I'm ranting quite a lot, but I hope that's entertaining anyway. I would love it. More radio content like that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us, James. Thanks so much for having me. What a fascinating chat. And I think what we'll try and do is we'll put some of those um, new apps and things, uh, links to them in the show notes so you've, you've got them to hand. I think it's worth also checking out, you know, some of the 40s, 50s and 60s radio and actually just having a look at um, how they stack up compared to some of today's audio. Because I, I actually think, as we, as we covered there, some of these rules are actually probably stand the testament of time and uh, you know some of the guidelines and some of the content ideas from way back then probably would actually work now i'm, I'm going to go check that out and actually i think uh, we should definitely do an article on this emily already on it Stuart. so thanks again for listening guys and we'll see you again next week on the social day podcast